Hi, welcome to the Vine Church podcast. We've got a great speaker today. Hope you enjoy. Give him a warm welcome. My goodness. Uh, Australian or cowboy thing is coming on. Bless you. Come on, let's give Jimmy another warm welcome. He's sharing the message today. Thanks, Alan. Cheers, guys. Good morning, guys. Why don't we stand together and for 60 seconds applaud the Lord Jesus, shake off the Easter chocolate egg. One, two, three. Come on, let's give it up. Jesus is here and alive and well and doing the same thing. Despite your circumstances, despite what the devil's saying, despite what Donald Trump's saying, despite what media's saying, Jesus is good. All right, let's give it up louder and louder and louder and bless the Lord. He's great. He hasn't changed. He's great. He never changes. He's great. He ain't planning on changing. He's great. All right, take your seats. My... Uh, the point I have to make today is, is uh, one of the five of the BLESS theme, B-L-E-S-S minus S for story, S for story. And um, I, I, I was thinking about over the last 40 years of what stops people sharing the story. And I want to hit this straight away. I want to hit this straight away. My, my title is... My working title is three bullet points, but actually, one of founders, and I remember the week, can you remember the week we invited all the guys from Teen Challenge, I think it was, that came up here. Who can remember that? Some guys, and you know, guys get up like that and they give you the story. You know, they've murdered three Rangers supporters, they've been on drugs for 20 years, They've done a 10-year stretch, and Jesus came and showed them. And if you had any doubts whether you had a good story to share, by the time you've heard these stories, you walk out that door, be honest with you, sometimes feel like a plate of mince, because you think, in comparison, in comparison, I've, I've swore three times and stole a packet of fags. In comparison, I don't really have a story. I don't really have a story And so I want to just start today by blowing one major lie and myth right at the water. There ain't such a thing as a good story and a bad story. What Jesus has done for you, as we sang in that that last song, and I hope we can sing it again, is so unbelievably undeserving and amazing You sitting right there have the greatest story in history sitting right inside you now. Let's applaud the Lord Jesus on that. There are no weak stories. There are no less stories. The price Jesus paid for you is exactly the same. But it gets better. Because when you fully understand and grasp what the Bible says he has done for you, not just the jailbirds, but for you and me. And imagine if you left today and that question we all have sometimes, when you enter into a new relationship, be it boyfriend, girlfriend, or marriage, when you enter into a new company as an employee, when you enter into a new church or you enter into a new team, who doesn't want to be a great blessing to that place? 
Who doesn't want to bring blessing, especially if you're a Christian? Who doesn't want to bring a great impression, a great, the greatness of God, and a great blessing and be a great blessing? Who doesn't want to do that? And I hope that by the time we're finished today, you will have a story, but you're convinced that you have the best story ever. Secondly, you know what to take out of your story, the bugs. You know how to upgrade your story. And you know the three things to put in your story to deliver the bomb and bring hope where there is no hope and transformation to a person or a city. You know, why do trick shops not make hats that, for big heads? It's too wee. And so, we'll get started with this in a moment, because the aim of this, how many people enjoyed seeing the church full last week with Easter celebration? How many would love to see the whole, every single church in the city and the nation full like that every week? One major way to do that is for the army of God's people to rise up and share the story. Share the great story of what God's done for them. You know, your story is the most powerful thing you have next to the blood of Jesus Christ. That's how powerful and important it is to get our story right. Revelation 12:11 says that um, they triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of the testimony. And they did not love their lives as to shrink from death. They, they, didn't, they didn't shrink from that death moment of sharing your story. Their testimony, their story of what God had done for them sets the devil and his demons to flight in amazing ways. And so, what I want to do is take a little moment to go back to the Bible. I want us to have a look in a moment what Jesus saved you and me from. Because if we are not 100% clear what he saved us from, then we don't have a great story. Some people say, well, you know, I, I, I wasn't really a bad guy. Well, if you weren't really a bad guy, then he didn't really save you from very much. So you spend your life with very little gratitude and very little to share, very little to praise. But I think the Bible's clear because we deal with symptoms but God deals with the roots of sin in our hearts. I burst into the PARS manager's dressing room this week with the assistant manager, and I shut the door behind me. I'm not supposed to be there anymore, but I just thought it's time to stir up a story. I looked at them both, and they were sitting there, and I said, six games to go, guys. The ball's at our feet. It's up to us what we do. But we have a problem, gentlemen. We're not bosses or managers anymore. We are babysitters. They burst out laughing. I said, you can't speak the truth no more. You can't tell a player what to do no more. Even if you pay them half a million pounds a week, you've got to give them a cuddle and not a scalp. I said, but in the Vine Church, we aim to speak the truth. We aim to speak the truth and not babysit. And so, to do less 
is less than love. We had a great laugh about it, and they said, ah, you're right. The only good thing about Dunfermline, they said, is we didn't pay them half a million a week. We had a great laugh about it, but we're in agreement now that it's this culture and society, they don't want to hear the truth no more. They, don't, they only want to be tickled and so. I decided to choose a passage that we roll out at weddings. It's a great, great love passage. But actually, I'm not sure too many have seen that it's also full of bullets. It's full of bullets and bugs to take out your story. The context of 1 Corinthians 13 is a shift from one sphere to another. It's about joining a whole new culture. That's the context. The context that's used here is when a child becomes an adult. That shift. So let's read it with that in mind very quickly together. 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, nothing worse than your grandchild heckling you before she's even six months. If I speak in tongues of men or angels, but I don't have love, I'm a sounding gong, clanging cymbal. I may have the gift of prophecy and have all the mysteries. And we say this all in very loving ways at weddings. It is great. It's lovely. And I have faith that can move mountains, but I don't have love. I'm nothing. I might give all I possess to the poor and give my body to hardship. That may boast. But if I don't have love again, nothing. Here come the bullets. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It does not honor. It does, it does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, always protects, always trusts, always perseveres. Love never fails. Prophecies will cease, tongues will cease, they will be stilled. When there is knowledge, it will pass away, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, basically I got away with all these things now and again. When I was a child, I behaved a certain way. But when I made that shift, those bullets... must take a bullet. They don't belong anymore. They have to go. They have to go. They have to go. When you make that shift, and you guys that are married, you know when you made that shift, when the honeymoon was over, you suddenly realized certain bullets had to go. And so, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I did all these 12 things. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I, when I made that shift, when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind you. How many married people wished your partner had done that? <laughs> We're too focused on the love bit when we preach at weddings. For now we see only a reflection of the mirror and we shall see face to face, never known part, and it shall be known fully. Anytime you step into a new stage, whether it be a relationship, whether it be joining a church, whether it be joining a mission to bless the city, whether it be joining a new company, you must hang up 
your hat, your guns, and your bullets the moment you enter that saloon. You don't hang up the mother-in-law bullet when you get married. Ha ha. You're in trouble, man. You talk about mother-in-law's cooking and mother-in-law this and mother-in-law that. I'm telling you, you don't hang up that gun. You're not going to last a year in your marriage before you're in trouble. You join a church and you don't hang up your Baptist gun, your Church of Scotland gun, or whatever other gun you were before, or even if you move here and go somewhere else and you don't hang up your vine gun, you drive everybody nuts. Because a church is like a marriage. That's what Jesus said. He married his bride to church. And when you enter any marriage of that kind, you can take no mother-in-law's guns in no more. It's a whole new thing to give that thing a chance you got to hang on. So I tell everybody in, when marriage preparation, marriage is the same as a church. It's a saloon where you must hang up all your guns, your bullets, and your holsters at the door. Let's applaud the Lord Jesus Christ for that. Give marriage a chance. Give marriage a chance. So my first point is the... I've lost the... Um, one second, guys. Here we go. Toys for boys. First point. To step into your new story, you got to give some things the bullet. You got to give, and I mean serious, heart surgery must take place to you walk in a good story. And so, in order to make that shift, we had some friends, set, and one day they were preaching in church, and they stepped out to church, and two guys were on a motorcycle. They didn't like the look of them, so they decided to go home a different way. And they stopped at the traffic light, and the two gunmen jumped up and put five bullets in our friend, and I think it was three bullets in his wife. There are five points in the body that if anyone takes a bullet, you're dead. These guys knew exactly what the five points were, and they went for all five points. When they went to Texas in a coma for surgery, they decided it was too dangerous to take this um, bullet out the lady's chest because it was too close to the heart. And uh, there was one bullet in Scissor's shoulder. They figured it's not doing any harm, so we'll leave it there. Many people enter a Christian life like that. They enter relations like that. Well, I only got that one bullet, that one attitude, that one anger issue, that one thing, not realizing that there comes a moment when that bullet shifts and it takes you out the game. All bullets have to go, all 12. Now, we get accused, charismatic churches like us, for not talking about sin enough. But great stories... Begin with the bad stuff where you get to the good. And great stories are coming clean and all the bad stuff and what God set us free from. And everything was going fine for a couple of years until this bullet moved closer to the heart. And guess what? We had to do emergency, not us personally, but emergency surgery to take that bullet out. Because if it's left, it's going to take that person 
Claudia Canastianas out the game. And that's how many people enter marriage, enter relationships. They just think, well, I got rid of all the big bad bullets, but that little one there, that little one there. For you to have a great story, the one thing about the world is they can pick up on any one of your bad attitudes. They can pick up on any one of your bullets. And so every bullet has to go. And so today we're going to look at these 12 rat traps very quickly mentioned in the context of this love passage. And the whole context is so that love works. The relationship works. And the reason relationships break down is because of one of these bullets sitting there that should have went before you go down the aisle. Let me very quickly mention what the 12 bullets are. I've rephrased them slightly. 12 bullets. Ask yourself, be brutally honest, guys. It's great to search the heart. Be 100% honest. How many of these bullets do you live with? Quickly, very quickly. Number one, impatience. Two, unkindness. Three, envy. Four, boasting. Five, self-seeking. Six, easily angered. Seven, black book, keeping a record of other people's wrongdoings. Number, next one, I've lost count of the numbers. Delighting in evil. Next one, betraying. Next one, destruction. Destructing. Distrusting. Distrusting. Next one, gives up. How many people give up at the least little challenge? And the final one, quitting on your hope. Quitting on your hope. If you keep deferring your hope, you're going to crash and burn. These are 12. And the reason your story is as powerful as the former convict is because Jesus puts no difference between a thought and an action, between a word and an action. And we got to get this, and if we get this, you'll know you got a story. Adam probably caused more damage than any man on the face of the earth, putting the whole of earth into darkness with his sin. Did he kill anybody? Not that I'm aware. Did he do a stretch of 20 years in jail? Not I'm aware. Was he on drugs? Not I'm aware. What did he do? He thought the wrong thing, said the wrong thing, and ate the wrong thing. And that is it. And that put him and you and me on death row forever. This is why I want us to see our sin. We're not big sins and small sins. Our sin put us on death row the exact same way as the worst criminal in the face of the earth. And if we don't get that, then what have we been saved from? And then when you get that and you see that, see yourself standing on death row, and Jesus went to the cross to rescue you and me from death row, just in case we're doubting this, Romans 3.23 Get at this, for all alike have sinned and all consciously come short of the glory of God. So, hey, you got a great story, by the way. You got a great story because you were just as much a sinner 
and thought and in word as anybody. Next one, 1 John 3, 15. Anyone who hates a brother, what is hate? It's a thought. Anyone who thinks hate of the brother or sister is a murderer. Hello? No difference. Oh, man, he's got a great story. He killed five people. You probably killed ten. That's what my Bible says. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know no murderer has eternal life right residing in him. I'm just, just getting this clear, guys. But I tell you, well, James, next one, Matthew 5, 20, anyone who looks on a woman with lustful eye is what? An adulterer. Hey, how many women has that Donald Trump slept with? How many have you slept with? Well, you didn't get in their white frilly sheets, but hey, you didn't have to. The Bible doesn't say that. You think that thing, it makes you an adulterer. Hey, guys, I'm straight talking this morning, eh? This is not cuddling half-million-pound footballers this morning. It's the truth of Jesus. Now, how about the tongue? The tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Oh, how many people are getting a little bit convinced, maybe, that maybe we've been saved a little bit from some big stuff. Come on, guys. We've been saved from all of this. Philippians 2.5, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Some people think, hey, man, I serve my butt off in this church. I serve for everybody, completely oblivious to the fact that they've got the worst thinking attitude on the face of the earth. But hey, it don't matter. It don't matter. Well, it does according to this. According to this, you're Serving is no more than filthy rags if, if the attitude is not that of Christ. Isaiah 64, 6. Uh, cheer up, guys. We're getting to the happy stuff in a minute, all right? Just Bible, eh? 64, verse 6 says, All of us have become like the one who is unclean, and all our good deeds are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, like the wind. Our sin sweeps us away. Guys, I'm just saying this, all of this to encourage you about one thing. That when you sing that song, God is good, you get a revelation that that poor punk sitting on death row getting electrocuted in seven days was you and me. And his love came down. His love came down. And all these thoughts the same as the actions in God's eyes. We stood in darkness. We were unshackled in chains. Our good deeds were no more than filthy rags. And the love of Jesus was so amazing. He came down, knocked on your prison cell, burst open the doors, washed you in his blood, set you free. Let's give it up for the Lord Jesus Christ. You got a flipping humdinger story. Don't you dare ever believe it's any less than anybody else's. To say what Jesus done for you is any less is ridiculous. I want you to leave pulsating today with the fact that you're on the road to the glory land, whereas one day you were on the road to hell like a bat. And so the second point, very quickly. 
take. Take a bullet. Jesus took three bullets. Jesus Christ went to the cross and he took three bullets, so to speak. One on his right and one on his left, one on his feet. He took three bullet wounds for you and me. There's a story in itself. He took three of these, three wounds, three nails. 1 John 3.16 tells us why. And this, is wh- and this is how we know what love is. That Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay our life down for our brothers and sisters. We ought to lay down our life for brothers and sisters. <laughs> he took three bullets so that you and me would be willing to take a bullet for somebody. I'll never forget when I came into the, the Alpha group that we were originally part of, Elma and I, with some great friends. And I thought, hey, I'm fully saved. I don't have any of these bullets in me. I, don't, I, I haven't brought any bullets in from the last church until one day somebody decided they want to sing a song and introduce the Holy Spirit. Every charismatic bullet and gun went off inside me like absolutely no danger. I'm like, thanks, Ian. Am I going to be doing anything Pentecostal? Anything with the Holy Spirit? Anything with waving our hands? None of that. I didn't realize that deep, deep within my heart was a gun, and it was deep, deep rooted. I'd brought my mother-in-law church in, my anti-Pentecostal attitudes into that, and it lay there buried. But when somebody suggested that we introduce the Holy Spirit and begin to sing and worship, that bullet moved. nearly killed me. I was filled with rage and anger and I made a vow I'll do everything I can to keep that unbiblical nonsense out the church. <laughs> the day came when I had to humble myself and realize that I had bullets in me and guns in me I didn't even know I had. And maybe you're here today. Maybe you're here today and you have a bullet, you have a gun, you have something that's holding you back. Let's get every one of these 12 bullets at our stories. Real love is laying your life down for your neighbor in the way Jesus laid his life down for you. He let you in on his story so that you could let other people in on your great story. The best way to give your story a daily upgrade is to come to the cross and nail whatever one of these rat traps is on your back that day. Come to the cross. You only come to the cross to nail things. Crucify the flesh and begin again. It's very exciting. So I want to encourage you to come to the cross and ask today, God, is there a bullet in me ready to shift? Is it, is it sitting close to my heart? Because 
It's going to move. It's going to move one day. But I don't want to carry that. I want my story to be upgraded. You upgrade your story every day when you take the bugs out. You take out that unkindness. You take out that unforgiveness. You take out that anger. You take out that fear. You take these things out. Every time you come to the cross and you do the daily, you upgrade your story because now you have a pure story. Now you have a, a story that's full of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and not the flesh, the human flesh. So seeking, I don't have time to go through all these 12 bullets, but I want to touch on the most sensitive one. If So just get your... Get yourself comfy in your seat for a moment. I want to touch on the one called self-seeking. Self-seeking is the Achilles heel of relationships in marriage, in business, and in church. And um, it, it has many expressions and forms, but Job's comforters is the most dangerous one. Job's comforters, his friends come to comfort him but instead of bringing them comfort, they said all the wrong things. They brought them great pain. Have you ever had anybody come to comfort you? You know, I, I remember we used to have a lady. She was brilliant. still is brilliant, but she had this brilliant habit of giving you the best compliment ever and then shooting you through the head with her last line. She had this habit of saying things like, Do you know, I've come to the place. It's, I've come to the place where I can honestly say, Jimmy, as my pastor, that I love you. And I'm now feeling like, oh man, I'm going to fly high for the rest of the day. And just as soon as I get my first foot in the airplane, she finishes with this. Although it's taken me 10 long, tough years to get there. <laughs> That's what you call a job's comforter. And here's how it works in churches and families and everything. The leader, be it the Sunday school leader, or the, the gang leader, or the youth leader, or the leader, takes somebody aside. And uh, maybe, maybe, Elma, we take somebody aside and we say, Do you know what? I want to bring you loving, godly correction. I think you're spending far too much time with that lady. And I think you need to stop spending evenings alone with that lady. Why? Well, because she's not your wife. She's somebody else's wife. And we think it's biblical for you to spend that time with your own wife. And we don't encourage people to spend full evenings regularly and build what you call platonic relationships. We don't encourage that. It's sin. Well, before the night's out, he's on the phone to six of Job's comforters. <laughs> You'll never believe what that control freak of a pastor said again. He told me I'm not to hang around that lady. She's in, you know, her marriage is in trouble. I've been counseling her and fixing the car and doing this and that and this and that. Well, three times we brought that correction to her very strongly and to him. Guess what? No one else that I know of, and I'm sure people did. But everybody that called, oh, what a shame, what a shame, what a shame, to the six of Job's comforters. Here's what happens. Job's comforters are self-seeking people that won't tell the truth. They'll deal with a symptom. Oh, what a shame. Somebody's giving you a hard time. Let me give you a cuddle. It takes a person who's willing to take the bullet of accusation to speak the truth and say, 
I don't care how many jobs comforters have got, your marriage is on the rocks if you don't stop. That's a true story, by the way, and the outcome of that is both marriages broke up, and that man ran off with that woman of his best friend and married her. And so the reason I'm saying this today is that so that we end our lives with a good story. And I know there's at least two people sitting in the room just right now, very, very uncomfortable. Not because I know your story. Nobody's told me anything apart from the Holy Spirit. But I know the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now and telling you, you need to wise up with who you spend your time with. And Job's comforters not only make themselves angels of light, they make you as the leader into Adolf Hitler. <laughs> and so, it's most important in church. We don't just talk fluffy stuff. We talk real stuff. And so, but the truth is, when you lay your life down for somebody, sometimes it means a cuddle. Other times you need to speak the truth. And you know that if you do speak the truth, you're going to take a bullet. Not everybody's going to be happy. Some are going to call their jobs comforters. And you will walk into a room one day, as Elma and I did one new year, we decided to visit a family. Hey, we haven't seen that family. And we stepped into a hornet's nest of jobs comforters. The room was happy and singing till we stepped in. Man, you just think... Somebody died on the spot. The music went off. The atmosphere went frosty. Somebody gave us one nod, but nobody was talking. Nobody needed to talk. We knew that we were in the home of the lady who was going to run away with this man, and the room was full of jobs comforters. But God brings you through, and our reputation went downhill in some people's eyes, but in King's eyes, it went up. Let's applaud the Lord Jesus Christ. When you stand up for the truth, heaven's view of you is all that matters. Heaven's view. Don't ever have fear of man or worry about the fear of man. That's a true story. So, but I want to encourage you, no matter what it costs you, be willing to take that bullet. Last point, quickly. Bite the bullet. Bite the bullet. Can we have the band back up, please, for a moment? And Alan, I wonder if you could finish again with that amazing prayer you brought a minute ago. I just thought, sometimes it's good to get a double bath. I was just a beautiful release of the Holy Spirit and, and blessing, and I could do another one of those. But um, bite the bullet. When you decide to enter today into the faith, realm of being willing to share your story, there comes a moment when it's time somebody meets you and they've lost all hope. Somebody meets you, they, they've lost all love in their life. Somebody meets you and, and they've just lost all joy. And you know there's something in you burning. This person needs faith. This person needs hope today. This person needs love today. And the only way they're going to know is if I tell them the story. If I tell them a story about Dr. Jesus 
that showed up and cut out my disease and healed me from every disease and set me free. There comes a moment when you've got a decision to make. And faith is biting the bullet when you least feel like doing it and sharing your story. Let's applaud the Lord Jesus Christ for that. Come on. Faith is biting the bullet. Biting the bullet. Oh, what if they don't like me? What if they don't like the story? What if they reject me? What if this? What if your story is so awesome? You were on death row. He set you free. And God has given you in this passage three kingdom bullets three kingdom bullets I promise you they may not give you the full results of what you're looking for but they will give you Holy Spirit results when somebody's sharing the story you need to ask the Holy Spirit which one of these three bullets does this person need a bullet that will chase the devil from their back chase the demons from them chase the demons the depression from them when you begin to share your story, Jesus left us three awesome kingdom bullets. He said three last forever. Faith, hope, and love. You find somebody in trouble, I'll guarantee one of these is missing. It may be all three, but the secret of a great story is ask in that moment what's this person need today oh god you're so good god you're so good god you're so good i was such a weirdo such a pervert such a screwball such a mixed up such lost how could i how could i how could i keep this love to myself sitting with a fish supper and brun sauce a table of 12 homeless and I'm scoffing the law how could I keep this love how could I keep this love how could I keep it to myself you put salt on it you put brun pepper in it for me you put brun sauce on it you put the whole banquet table out for me you welcome my home you love me So it's love, you're going to tell them. If it's hope, then you're going to tell them the day you had no hope, the worst day of your life, when all hope was gone. And he showed up. He showed up, the hope dealer. The devil loves his dope dealers, but God loves his hope dealer. The hope dealer. Gave you hope when there was none. I'm sitting in Ward 1 this week, admitting my brother, Jake, who comes here. For mental health assessment. Circumstances don't determine our hope. 
The living God and his living word determines our hope, no matter the circumstances. Let's give it up for the living God. We don't throw our hope away. We don't give it away. We're not in there to have our hope crushed. We're in there as a hope dealer. And it's no more, every visit to World One is no more than a great opportunity to find somebody that needs hope and deal that dope. Hope. As we slip there. Somebody has no faith. They've lost confidence in themselves. God will show you the one that's lost faith. So-and-so let them down. So-and-so let them down. So-and-so let them down. So-and-so let them down. But you've got a secret bullet in your hip pocket. There is one. There is one Jesus. One Jesus who never let you down. Took the bullets. Came down took the keys, rescued you for all of eternity. And in that moment, you can, you can, you can tell the moment faith was gone. You didn't even believe in yourself anymore. You didn't even want to live anymore. Now, if that's not you I'm speaking to, then have some mercy on the person I'm speaking to you. Faith was gone. Every one of your prayers crashed. Every one of your dreams gone. But today, God is coming with an anointing. When Alan prays that prayer today, three bullets, three anointings is coming on your fresh. Imagine if you leave here today with, I got the best story in the world. I know how to get the bugs out of it. And I know how to deliver it by listening to the Holy Spirit. What does the person need? And you leave knowing you've left a deposit of faith. I can get a text from somebody. One line. And I go, what, what's happened to me? My dark clouds just lifted. My stress just lifted. What's, what happened there? It is the power of the spoken word of God coming any way it can. And it was a release of anointing of fresh hope in a text. Guys, you don't even have to leave the house now to release that faith, hope, and love. You can do it with one finger awake and nine sleeping if you like. What an honor and a privilege, Vine Church, that God has given to each one of you the greatest story ever told. The story is inside you. And when you begin to share that story, somebody, somewhere, and some city is going to be transformed forever and ever and ever and ever. With every eye closed. And then we'll sing, Holy Spirit, 12 bullets. I know the three I'm still carrying and wrestling with. Holy Spirit, do a deep work in every heart right now. A deep work in every heart. And 
cause us to crucify the rat trap that's holding us back. The rat trap of impatience and kindness, envy, boasting, self-seeking, anger, unforgiveness, delighting in evil, betraying, distrusting, giving up. Giving up is a biggie and quitting on our hope. I want to finish with this. God has given you no permission to give up on yourself until he gives up on you, which is never, ever, 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 ever. And as we sing this song, sing it like you've never sung it before because it's like a mandate of what extra God has given to you. You've been healed. You've been anointed. You've been empowered. Let these words be like a prophecy to the depths of your being. And don't ever surrender to any one of those rat traps again. You got the best story ever told sitting inside of you. God bless you, Vine Church. Let's give it up for the Lord Jesus Christ. Give it up, give it up.